It's This Week in Sleaze with your hosts, King Who and Sleazy K. And the Great Lord, Joshua Rager. This podcast has been rated Category 3. No one under 18 may be permitted. Let's talk some fucking essential Christmas ingredients for your post-Christmas dinner family audio video fun time. Boobs, Bush, and Charlie Cho. <laughs> no? Only in my progressive mind then. <laughs> That's how I do, I do it. Anyway, the setup for this Christmas show. The category free movie scene had opportunistic filmmakers, so when... Elegant and uniquely crazy movies such as Erotic Ghost Story hit or a Sex and Zen hit uh, scene. You get everybody and their creepy uncles making these kind of movies. But a veteran of the format, a director I know nothing of other than he made a lot of movies, called uh, Lam Ji Hong. He would prove to be a more tolerable director because he would, in the words, in, or in the words of one of our co-hosts of this episode, King Hu that director could stretch his dollars. And that's a long way of saying that in the first half we're talking about 1991 movie. We're not even in 1993, the heyday of Charlie Cho and Category 3. But the 1991 movie in this case is Lu Jai, Home for the Intimate Ghosts. Featuring Charlie Cho as the dumbass version of a Lam Qingying style character. Uh, even though Lam Qingying was humorous, but he wasn't this uh, foolish. Also, Charlie Cho and Stuart Ong take club girls for a day on the sea and on a boat and then some nights on an island involuntarily but you can still get high and have sex and have an unforgetful holiday which means we are talking the movie (laughs) unforgetful holiday funnily enough so it's not a christmas movie but we got a holiday in the title so screw you all it's our christmas special picks (laughs) because there's there's nothing else like as i've said before i wish lan kwai fong swingers had like multiple sequels uh, because uh, you that, that would be so horribly awesome that more filmmakers were opportunistic to make because so many people were involved in the stampede so you should make movies from different perspectives right <laughs> sure because uh, they're, they're shameless so but uh, we never never got that anyway my name is Lisa k with me in his uh, annual podcast experience uh, his one-time podcast experience per year is collector husband dad smart fan king who so say hi buddy and welcome what's up thank you the reason I'm introducing him first is because I want to introduce my regular co-host in a little bit more special way because uh, he's he's a seasoned veteran of uh, of all things uh, cinematically and in the podcast and he's done many great things in life as we've hinted on on this show without exposing his private life. Uh, but the great Lord Joshua Regal is now a proud father and it's a new aspect uh, of his uh, life. Uh, maybe his life is now uh, complete. Oh, you guys, come on. <laughs> And I mean, uh, you, you've been a fan of freaky uh, cinema for so many years. Maybe that felt complete, but uh, no, you're <laughs> you're you're a proud uh, dad now, and that must uh, feel complete. So, congratulations, my friend. It's it's a wonderfully strange thing to have someone who depends on you for everything, and you feel like you're not really dependable for anything. But I'm gonna do my best, and uh, she's the sweetest, cutest little thing. Yeah, you just wait. See. <laughs> see you know my wife she wants to keep uh keep her as like a little baby forever i'm looking forward to her being able to talk but i'm probably gonna yeah you just wait. in the foot <laughs> exactly 
Are you wait, are you waiting for the um, her sort of uh, social media stardom, or you're you're taking a backseat on that one, Joshua? My wife <laughs> created uh, a Facebook account for the day she was born. Oh wow! So, <laughs> well, we've oh, set the she... standard, so <laughs> sky's the limit now. So that she could like literally then like have a Facebook that goes all the way back to her birth, oh, literally. Well, so that's rather sweet. It's kind of cool. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It would be awesome if she had her actual pad like just after the birth, or like a few hours after the birth. Like I'm doing it in real time. Like she was born. <laughs> Not today, but now. Publish. <laughs> Pretty much what we did. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> Baby was in a nursery, and I was like, go ahead and create the Facebook account now. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, may, 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 maybe I'll edit this out, but uh, uh, did I ask if, uh, because uh, you guys obviously work, yeah, work. She, she's a nurse too, right? Yes. Yeah, so did, did, did you actually uh, employ the services of your employer, the actual hospital you work at? Yes. Yes, we did. Right on. Yeah. Right upstairs from, you know, the rooms that we uh, work on, yeah. That's got to give you some bonus points uh, somewhere. <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, part of you, you're like, eh, you don't know if you really want to have uh, all of your, you know, everybody that you know being around you during that time. But yeah. uh, it was also pretty nice to have, like, so many visitors. Everybody, you know, they'd come up before or after their shift and come up there to say hi and see the baby and stuff. So it was, it was pretty cool. Well, what do you know on the flip side, if you know someone professionally, then you know if, and have a good sense of if they're uh, up to the task, you know what I mean? That, that they're, they, they have like a, their, their persona plus their professional persona is, uh, is in checking all of that. So maybe, maybe that's a comforting factor. Hey, did, did, did you bring in the tunes? Any soundtracks from Category 3 movies that you uh, wanted to play while the delivery was happening, or that was off the table as well? Well, I, I took a page from your playbook, and I just played, like, noise metal while uh, the baby was noise being born. Noise core, so. sir. Thank you very much. Noise <laughs> core. Damn it. Like Burzum and stuff like that, yeah. Well, well Burzum is black metal, I think. Uh, oh, are they black metal? I, I think I so. Like, I... I Never got into black metal in the, back in the day. I was more into uh, death metal uh, and uh, like uh, grindcore. You know, your name, your name, your napalm death, your entombed. Uh, uh, what a, you know, a lot, a lot of European bands and such. But black metal, I never got into. Everybody knew about uh, Bursum or Bosom because I think that was the band or that was accused of burning down a church or something like that in Norway. So he's actually criminally charged and uh, all of that. So. Yeah. Uh, uh, but uh, yeah, there, there, I have that. N- now I only listen to actual electronic uh, screeches and stuff like that. So, uh, <laughs> not too far off. But I also enjoy some nice and calm, like Brian Eno stuff. You know what you I mean? Could, like you some... could take what I just did there, and you could just put that on loop. You know, make like a sixty-five minute track, and there you go. I made. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you a short story. One of my favorite noise core releases i have on my ipod is um from uh, a sort of a noise core alias called exploring in jezebel right uh there it's uh it's got 16 tracks 45 minutes each so it's like 12 hours long and it's called penis torture chamber <laughs> oh my god true story <laughs> my favorite uh is a uh, bathtub shitter that's a- <laughs> yeah, you, you you you're into some uh, some metal uh, akin to those uh, along those lines. I said Burzum. I was thinking of Mersbo. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, the, the Japanese uh, and the Japanese. Uh, what is this? 
<laughs> I I know my shit, man. Like it, it's impossible to collect Murzbo uh, because he makes like oh God, constant yeah. stuff. Like l- look up him on Discogs, and oh boy, he's got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of releases. Uh, you know. Anyway, none of this music made it into Lu Jai Home for the Internet Ghosts because it's a <laughs> traditional Chinese soundtrack to that one that we all uh, uh, that we all recognize, uh, even if it's standard. And even in Unforgettable Holiday, I think they keep it uh, at best. Uh, uh, Hong Kong canto pop current if there ever was uh, any such music dropped in those uh, in those movies but uh, let's get this show on the road it's Christmas, we're, we're friendly, we're celebrating life, birth uh, uh, evolving in life and uh, me sort of disintegrating into more of a degenerate than, than usual <laughs> thanks to my taste oh, in music so and uh, you know but hey it, it is what it is <laughs> <laughs> so uh, for all your podcast on fire network needs uh, including finally this week in sleaze and the archive of shows including Christmas shows that uh, King Who has, has attended for three years in a row now we brought you back for the Lan Kwai Fong Swingers episode for the uh, episode afterwards that I can't remember but we, we still brought you back because uh, I, I don't know I, I want you here all year of course but mm-hmm. it uh, it works out uh, very well, and uh, it's very much uh, enjoyable to have a table discussion between three. Because uh, I, I always say this, but I never say it enough. I think that uh, whenever you guys participate, you elevate. Because d- these discussions uh, go nowhere if I do this alone. So uh, consider yourself contributors of the highest order. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you for lying. Ah <laughs> man, sincere. It's in our ass. <laughs> <laughs> Money's changing hands under the table, and then we're off. So, uh, but uh, regardless, all uh, all our shows are available on podcastonfire.com as well as on iTunes and Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, wherever you find podcasts, and so forth. All our social media links are available on the website and in the show post. And uh, we're going to keep it short for now and get this show on the road. Other than asking spontaneously, I know you don't have time to podcast, obviously, Joshua, but uh, you're keeping the Trashy Trio archive alive? Uh, the podcast, uh, yeah. I, well, actually, no, I took the podcast down. I did. Uh, I talked to Wendy about it, and we were just like, hey, might as well. We're probably not going to record again. So, But, I, I, you know, I kept everything, so I have backups of it and everything just in case... Because you can't lose uh, White exactly. Rose Campus and everybody gets raped. The episode. <laughs> the greatest. That was so much fun. And, uh, you know, good memories, great times. But, uh, you know, all great things must come to an end, I suppose. Well, uh, do do keep them because uh, you never know. You never know when you, may, when you might need them again. So, you, can you, do you have any, like, uh, any desires to start blogging again and like uh, going out to movie locations or no, no time no desire kind of thing because you, you got you got to have like the instincts and uh, a desire to be creative when you do that so because you you had a blog or um, have a blog but it's in stasis right now called in the mood for guaylo yeah i would love to get back to it but there's just no time there really is no time at all one kid another one coming and uh that's why i had to do this once a year you know there's just there's no time i still watch movies but that's about it i watch movies while i work out i watch movies when Everyone's taking a nap, so I kind of squeeze that stuff in when I can, and uh, still collect my nonsense and post on Facebook when I can. When you can, you do you do it quite a lot, so that's well, fine. Yeah. Well, 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 I'm not putting you down. Right. You you find natural like, like a natural uh, sort of time slot and slots to do sure. that, you know, and, and it's 
and it's not just because uh, look at me i my collection is the biggest no you you post stuff about your kid and have uh, a good time doing so oh i think so but a lot about my collection i think people are kind of sick and tired of me like all right we no. get it we understand you collect this bullshit Knock it off. Hey, <laughs> if people are saying that ahead. it's in, they, they don't, they they don't uh, do it to your face or anything. Like I'm, I'm sure you guys have said multiple just... times about <laughs> my up. shit on my wall. I can't I just stop this. Nah, 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 nah. But you don't, and that makes me feel good, so I keep doing it. I'm sure people feel that way. It's okay. I understand. I post a lot of shit, so I get it. It's all good, man, and and you and you're responsible as well. It's not like uh, <laughs> you you post little videos while your kid is suffering in the background. It's not like <laughs> you know. And it's part of life. It's part of life. Well, it's it's very cool. I'm happy for you both. So, right. there it is. Uh, so the brief contact information is over. Let's take a musical break and uh, not to play noise core, but a little snippet from Luci Home for the Intimate Ghosts. Uh, this is uh, traditional category free filmmaking in many ways because it ticks the boxes that uh, people might uh, look for in category three and you know nudity and uh boobs button bush the three b's of cat three there's uh, nothing else uh, really to it but there, there's an art in making that entertaining and did this movie tick those boxes in an entertaining way find out after a break And welcome back in the first movie of this Christmas special. We might not even mention Christmas again, but it, it's still our annual. We'll do it as close to Christmas as we can. This goes up at the same time as the podcast on fire Christmas specials. We'll, we'll have a little double bill on the 23rd as per usual, but um, the, the theme is not um, necessarily pure, pure Christmas because category three in Christmas, they don't necessarily um, pop up frequently. We've, we've, done, we've done as many as we know. In terms of they're they're set on uh, at New Year's or uh, have a snow scene in them, <laughs> you know we found those movies. I think actually Lam Yi Hung directed a movie called Just Love, and there's a bit of a Christmas theme in there. Is that the one where the guys uh, one guy's blind, or that's another of his? Movies? No, that's Love Nest. Yeah, I was loving it. I can't believe he keeps track of those. I like this director, but he makes so many, so it's hard to keep, keep track of them. You know what I mean? Uh, but anyway, we're going to talk of this uh, director's uh, movie, Lujai, Home for the Intimate Ghost from 1991, and plot from HKMDB. Uh, marital discord is something many of us are familiar with, but how do a husband and wife handle it if they are both ghosts? The wife, named uh, only as Madam, is a domineering is domineering, has an extraordinary appetite for sex and wants her husband to hire more male servants to keep her satisfied. The husband, Master Mandy, that's a good English uh, English name for the subtitles, uh, meekly obeys his wife, at least at first, leaving her by leaving her alone all day while the servants go about their duties. Mandy starts uh, fancying June, uh, a, uh, a female maid, but for no clear reason, not much happens between them after that. I actually picked that up, like, what happened there? But uh, then, then disc two started and good things started happening. Anyway, Mandy goes into town to check out uh, the applicants for servants, and the job description is that they must have an erection so powerful that no woman could survive 
sex with them. And that's uh, sort of Mandy's plan, if you will, here. Uh, the successful applicant, however, is so successful that the wife comes during sex for the first time and the guy dies. Meanwhile, and this is the end of the plot soon, Mandy buys a young virgin and uh, initially at least uh, dissuades her from sleeping with him, but he does have a good reason. Sounds a little bit messy and stuff, but you'll get it. And it's 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 a sex movie. It's what it is. So <laughs> it's, it, it's no high art, but uh, is it any fun oh, or entertaining? Mandy, you came and you gave without taking. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I can think of. And, 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 and no one pulled out a like a Nicolas Cage quote to be really current because uh, Mandy, 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 new movie. <laughs> Fucking evil! Or whatever the line <laughs> was. My favorite shirt, man! <laughs> <laughs> I'm more of a Mandy protector. <laughs> so uh, here we go. Let's uh, throw out some short opinions. Uh, so uh, I've seen this movie uh, once before, so but it's been a while. But uh, let's uh, let's throw it to Joshua first, who um, has his first exposure to the movie, but unknowingly he has seen a movie from the director before. He made a movie called The Other Side of Dolls that featured in a, in fa- fantasy sequences featuring Charlie Cho as Batman or Bat Cho. Uh, but but uh, what did you think of this uh, this uh, Lujai Home for the Intimate Ghosts, Joshua? sleazy fun not the greatest piece of filmmaking ever made but uh i think it does the job i don't know i was just pleasantly uh entertained by it and that, that, that's perfectly fine because it's a, 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 like has a small worded opinion like that sort of fits this movie because it's not attempting right. very much uh, outside Something of that you can get it. yeah exactly uh but I'm, I'm glad you to hear you say that that it was fun so let's throw over to uh to king who uh i guess this isn't on like constant rotation but i have a feeling you uh you you'll pull out this ld or vcd or vhs every now and again just hey it's him. It, no come on <laughs> be a little bit classy here it's this weekend's lease <laughs> So, so in short, uh, how does uh, Lujai Home for the Intimate Ghosts uh, play with you in uh, 2018? Is it, is it any good, fun, entertaining? Oh, oh, definitely. It's very fun. And I just wanted to say that the lead actress, I don't really know her name, but she has fantastic tits. <laughs> is that the uh, the wife out of the ghost uh, ghost uh, demon couple, you're saying? Like, yes. Uh, uh, oh, madam. Yes. Fantastic ghost tits. They're amazing. Right on. So that's free. That's at least three out of five, I suppose, on, on the scale she's of things. She's the ghost with the most, yes. obviously. <laughs> this movie isn't populated with a lot of uh, actresses that did 20 of these or five of these or 10 of these. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, if you click the top one or, or the top uh, three names on HKMDB, at least two of them only have one credit to their name. And it kind of shows in the acting department, but <laughs> it is a fun one. And because Lam Yi-Hung is actually, it might not show up fully here, but he actually is a visually talented director. Sure. It pops up in bursts here, and uh, he often gets that done on a low budget and makes this movie rather gorgeous in parts. And it's true for Lu Jai. Uh, on reflection especially when you come to the end, it really does adequately provide what you should expect from a period fantasy erotica that doesn't scream that we are better than Sex and Zen and Erotic Ghost Story, because it doesn't scream that. Uh, but it has tons of sex, actresses who look more comfortable in the sex scenes rather than actors, but that's okay. And just in time, Lam Yi-Hung cranks the supernatural proceedings by the time, like, disc two on the LD. Right. Comes along. So it becomes funny when Charlie enters by that point and the supernatural battle of the last reel or two. 
are really well put together actually they're the folks in charge of the acrobatics the wire work and later the superimposed special effects they earn their pay you know the little that they got presumably because you know it's not a big budget production but hey it's uh, it really felt hong kong to me and uh, i enjoyed it um, for that uh, reason here's the thing I've shown you micro-budget movies, Joshua, on this show, just because mm-hmm. I want to sort of elevate and show that Category 3 worked in different ways, you know. Some could elevate, and some simply could not. Some simply just come off as desperate and can't uh, make it fun or sexy at all. But Lam Ye-hung was a director that, even on his uh, small-budgeted movies, uh, showed that he wanted to make that sellable element look good, the erotic, rather than just shoot sex scenes in boring beige or vanilla room walls and with cinematography akin akin to tilt to the left while doing the fake fucking tilt to the right (laughs) while doing the fake fucking and then shoot Pauline Chan in shower scenes looking into the camera that makes it look like a ransom video that's category (laughs) three movies he wasn't really that director (laughs) you know (laughs) And and you know what I'm talking about with that Pauline Chan thing. It's just like, ooh, ooh, oh, ooh, yeah. ooh, ooh. No, I mean, she's lovely, but oh my God, she's hurting. <laughs> she's hurting inside. <laughs> and, you know, it's we, we laugh at it, but, uh, you know, it, her her life, uh, you know, it took a life. She took a life. So it's uh, some traces of something was on screen there for a few seconds as we uh, as we looked at the, the two movies, that footage uh, popped up in. So mm-hmm. and anyway, you know, did, did you King Hu get that sense when you noticed that? Oh, I've see, I'm seeing another Lam Ye Hung movie. Oh, another one. Oh, another one. He's made many of these. Did, did you notice that there's a sort of a visually talented director here, or that varies from movie to movie for you? I think it varies from movie to movie. I noticed in the the pre-credit sequence, it was like this black and white masturbation scene. It was like extremely artsy fartsy. It's almost like Ho Fan esque. He brings it down a little bit. A little bit boring too flashy but here and there especially the sex scenes uh they're they're a bit flashy he does he does a, a really good job i think some of the scenes like like in the the wooden bathtub i think they did that in sex and zen uh, that came out a few months uh afterwards so maybe he was ahead of his time i don't know well the wooden bathtub in sex and zen had like elvis choi underwater like yes. uh, raping uh, raping whoever he was raping in that scene you know so it was uh, a vi- you know visually bigger that right. uh, that scene but uh, and and the thing is i i can just imagine that if the good looking scenes in that in this movie and his movies were shot in like little corners with a bed and curtains to make it look like some kind of dynasty but it, it somehow it could pop despite he put his technical crew to to work to deliver at least there's something that's ten dollars in feel it makes it look like a hundred it was almost a, like a stage play, really. It took place, the, the first half of the movie, anyway, it took place in maybe two rooms amongst maybe five or six characters. Yeah. So it really looked like a play, uh, a, a sex play. But a, play <laughs> play, a sex play. <laughs> the best sex play. <laughs> sex play. We're, we're going to a theater, honey, for, to see a play. <laughs> a sex play. Oh, God. And it's not even in a theater. It's in front of my TV. So sit down. <laughs> But but was that ever a problem for you, Joshua? That that this movie was restrictive because, uh, as King Hu said, there's not a whole lot of people in the movie. The sets are, you know, they look good, but they are restrictive. They're not expansive. He's not uh, following us around room to room, and we're never into town. We're rarely outdoors, so there's no scope. But was that fine that this uh, went for a, a sort of closed experience where people come into rooms rather than venturing outside and stuff? There's different ways of doing something like that. You can you can shoot something in one or two different sets and make it 
you know, give it that play feel where you're shooting it kind of wide and, you know, you get the same feel that this is, you know, we've been here the whole entire time. But I feel like he he knows his stuff because he does shoot in kind of tight, different angles at all times so that, you know, every shot doesn't feel like the same exact thing. It always feels like, you know, he's approaching it from a different angle. So, you know, you focus more on the story rather than the surroundings, you know, at least I did. And also... He loads this movie up with so much sex, but yeah. you know, you does okay in terms of it, it. It's not like there's a concept behind every every one, and there's artsy fartsy touches to every scene. But you know, when watching his movies, and especially this movie, I, ne- I never got the sense that oh my god, it's just desperate filler and just desperate uh, fake humping. At least you know, yeah. it felt uh, it felt like he got professional uh, actresses who dump porn, erotic modeling, or whatever, who would feel comfortable and sell ever you know fairly well the issue of erotica and sensuality and it's supposed to be steamy so it didn't feel like this <laughs> grimy charlie cho humping in a in a hotel room or anything you know there's nothing wrong with it has <laughs> changed charlie, charlie cho for anonymous male actor who comes in 10 seconds you know and uh it's a it's a room with no paintings on the walls and uh it's got the left and right cinematography, <laughs> and then, then they're off. Like this isn't that this kind of movie. For for that, it does okay because it takes a long while before they reveal that we we, we got ghosts here, and yet <laughs> we got ghosts here. <laughs> <laughs> we got one. <laughs> and but I never felt that was a problem because there, there, there was enough fun and variation in terms of uh, how the sex scenes were staged and the actresses do look good and uh, but it's also like a, a bit mild in tone a bit timid it's not crazy or anything that could be a, a hurdle for a filmmaker to overcome because th- then it just turns dull but I think he uh, straddles that line fairly well and time passes without any problem so we, we really could, could divide it up into what disc one of the laser disc holds versus disc two of the laser disc because they're, they're really um, the, the movie changes tack by the time you know the latter half hits and all of that was it ever a tough wait to for, to get the ghost stuff uh like were you longing for the ghost stuff uh, to happen and charlie joe to enter king who or uh, was it pleasant enough to follow along with uh, the five six six five six seven sex scenes or whatever he got he got uh, uh, going uh, during hour one Oh yeah, the, the TNA held me over until I, uh, the ghost story was revealed. So I, I mean, I, I've seen it before, so I knew what was what was coming. But the TNA is there's so much of it, there's so <laughs> much of it that you just enjoy it until uh, the ghost story comes up. And I guess it was part two of the of the disc, side two of the disc. What about you, uh, Joshua? Was it ever like, oh my god, another sex scene? Like uh, you, you are now a director who just does fillers to get. Josh, never. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I do agree though. I, you know, you watch enough of these, you, you know when it's just filler. You know when there's no point to it. But there, seemingly, you know, there was a point to these sex scenes. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> they did. They did everything is funny. The... Show survived the Me Too movement. Jesus. <laughs> Because no one listens. <laughs> exactly. We keep the ladies away. <laughs> so what was I saying? Uh, yeah, you know, and then I knew very little about the film going into it. This is a first time watch for me. So I wasn't exactly waiting on ghosts. I did know, you know, I'm like, hey, you know, intimate ghosts, well, you know, whatever. But I just kind of rolled with it. But, you know, I, I think it played well because of that, not knowing what was coming. So. It's kind of like watching Terminator 2 for the first time and, you know, 
not knowing that Arnie's the gonna be the good guy in it. You know, it's just a big reveal when it happens. It happens You're like, oh, okay. But most people already knew about it before the film. Yes, I just compared this film to Terminator 2. <laughs> we'll keep it. We'll take it because uh, that, that will increase our social media status. Hey. <laughs> Hashtag. This is the Terminator 2 of Asia. Watch, watch this film. And that's now on a show, and that may, means it's true. Exactly. You can put that quote on the front of the box. It's funny, though, because I know now the entire movie, of course, uh, and I know that it uh, it becomes more wild and more energetic. But in that first half, even even little comedic sections, like uh, one uh, woman, I believe, is faking uh, that she's unconscious, and then she's stabbed by, with a needle, and then she obviously shoots up and uh, and uh, she hasn't passed out that feels rather timmy for some reason i was slightly worried that uh, come on come on man you you're allowed to crank it it's a crazy category free movie so it, it's allowed you're allowed to be funny and dumb too mm-hmm. uh, but um it wasn't truly a problem i just noticed that he's keeping he's keeping it timid you know mm-hmm. soft uh, so, sort yeah. of soft and sensual i mean yes yeah, so you get some examples of guys coming into the household and they're, they're done after 10 pumps and then they slump down <laughs> like uh, like they're dead, essentially, which is a... Listen, it happens. <laughs> a little too defensive. Hey, 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 get it, half us. Dude. Hey, don't make, that's the best 10 pumps of her life, all right, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> like, just because you're European and, you know, free and sexual and all of that doesn't mean that you can... <laughs> you can look down you're on this. You're a peon. You're a peon. You heard me. Uh, some minor tidbits, some minor fun specifics before we get to that disc too. And to- talk of Charlie's appearance, of course. It's not a big appearance, but he makes the most of it. Uh, I was very worried when they brought out the wooden dildo. Uh, so I was like, don't, don't put it there. Don't put it there. No, no, no. Splinters. Splinters. Come on, lady. That was a little like um, an increase in like wild tone, and they they, they sure like that uh, art and set direction uh, that included the wooden dildo because it, it pops up uh, a couple of times throughout the movie. Because uh, if you feature it once, you gotta you gotta keep that uh, visual cue ready for us. But I was like very worried uh, when they when they uh, so oh they sand that thing and uh, coated <laughs> it so it's like no splinters left or whatever. <laughs> What's that old saying? You, you put a gun on a shelf and introduce it in a scene, you better use it. Something like that. You put a wooden dildo in a scene, you better ah, use it. I like it. I like it. <laughs> so, sounds true enough. <laughs> when uh, we get, uh, you know, even before disc two, we got the uh, four knights as they translate the mass, and they're, you know, uh, they're de- auditioning for the uh, part of. Uh, of, uh, I don't know, sexual conquest for Madame and all of that. Uh, and that's fun enough, but it is really when Charlie comes on screen and we get a rare sight. Not rare sight of Charlie, but rare sight of Charlie with, uh, you know, the fake wig and, uh, and the period where we're in a dynasty yeah. time here. Uh, I can only remember, I'm, I'm sure he's done it multiple times, So, but I can only remember because it was such a fun, fun movie uh, because uh, he was in Flirting in the Air. Okay, a couple of years ago, and that was uh, you know the time travel aspect happened, and then they met Charlie, and uh, he was in period wear there, and uh, that was really right, good fun. Right. It is a weird look for it though, because it's Charlie through and through. He's not trying to play some 
you know, trying to hide behind the fact that he's Charlie Joe. He looks like the guy who's done so many awful deeds on on screen. So it, it's an odd look for him to have extensions and and uh, or, or rather a wig. How do you think uh, the movie um, fares, Joshua, when Charlie's introduced? Is it um, is it uh, increasing its sort of wild tone and fun tone, or does it get worse when Charlie enters the movie? No movie gets worse when Charlie yeah. enters it. It's just it only gets better. But uh, he was kind of he was toned down for Charlie, you know, especially for most of his role. But uh, you know, he's he still got some crazy Charlie sex, and uh, I can't complain about that. He's toned down in terms of like his smarmy, sort of sleazy presence. But he's a yeah. he he's here for comedic purposes. Because you think he's a con man at first, who says, like, well, your house needs to be tended to. There's ghosts there, and I'm going to bring out my little machine. Oh, there's so many ghosts here. And uh, he falls on his ass most of the time in the movie. And uh, Yeah, this is Charlie, though, actually having choreography, you know? He doesn't just get his ass whooped the second he walks in there, you know? He actually kind of puts up a fight, which was surprising to me. They they do turn it around that that he has he said he's a disciple so he knows some stuff even if uh, his yeah. master knows most of the stuff but but you're right he's, we, he's the good guy he really does he really does he yeah. it, it really doesn't seem like that because he's Charlie he never puts on this uh, these contrasts in his performances here because he <laughs> I, I have a question in the second review uh, if he's even charming as a character in his movies because uh, you it's never black and white with Charlie. It's mm. always um, that smile and he's there to act up a storm his way and uh, no filter whatsoever. But I really enjoy that they make him really a dumbass. And then the Pratt Falls are not inspired as such. The slapstick is not inspired. Slapstick is not inspired. But it really does, you know, it, it's all about commitment, I think. I don't think Charlie had much of a lead up up to this movie. They just say, well, we have this movie. You do this in this movie. I mean... You will be on set in five minutes? Absolutely. And then he turns it on, man. And I can't complain about that either because I think it is really charming and fun that he is committed to H-old slapstick. You know, ay and foom on his face. And somehow that's fine with me and more than fine. He's not going to rival Stephen Chow in the slapstick department, of course, but yeah, but uh, it's, it's really... It's really um, a comforting presence when he does enter a movie. You obviously knew of the appearance a little bit. Uh, you had some images uh, in your head still, King Who, but uh, how do you think Charlie does as uh, more of a comedic presence rather than the smarmy, smarmy Charlie that's going to take advantage of women and things like that? I think it's a great part for him. Like I said, he's, he plays the good guy. It's 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 really entertaining. It's it's a little departure from him playing, like you said, the, the sleazy asshole, but uh, it was a lot of fun watching him. And then you, you add the uh, laser beam effects in there and the synth sounds while he's fighting. It's just, it's great. It's great to see Good Charlie doing that instead of fucking someone in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> this time. oh, yeah. But afterwards, I needed one of those movies. I actually watched one of those movies to, you know, create a sort of a yin and yang balance in my life. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but you're right, the movie goes down those roots of, uh, I mean, is it a response to Chinese ghost story? A little bit, but I think uh, the makers had erotic ghost story fresh in their mind. If Sex and Sen came afterwards, I'm not too sure. I think you said that Sex and Sen actually came after this movie. So it can't be argued to... Um, 
unless it's new of Sex and Sam being in production. Yeah. But uh, production, yeah. But but those tropes that were around Hong Kong cinema anyway. So that they have uh, you know the age old man can't love a ghost aspect of this movie that's in here. But it's not really Chinese ghost stories. Such I mean movies like Ghostly Love. Is pure just it's Chinese ghost story with sex, so it's not uh, a pure copy in that regard. But it really does finally crank uh, the supernatural, and I was worried that it was going to be mild about it. But it turns out they brought on a, a good and dedicated action team on this one because it's not like oh, it's the level of uh, what Choi Hak brought, but it, it's on the level of what the movie that followed Choi Hak brought that wanted to be part of the uh, cinema scene so therefore you got people that are capable of performing in the wires performing acrobatics doubling for the actors if there are fight scene and there are fight scenes here and the pace to these and the beat to these and the, the the energy to these actually just pretty spot on i think i had a lot of fun when they started to get, get this 90s vibe of uh, yfu going and there's uh, that fight scene with Charlie Cho and uh, maybe Madam, I don't remember now, has a surprising amount of Charlie in it that actually performs action choreography. And that was a new sight for me because he's been in action movies. If you look at Police Story 2, he's in there in the, a, a park fight, but he's in the background. So he's right. not doing anything. But here Charlie is uh, participating in you know, shots that require three, four, five, six moves. And they're going to be fast and on point and they're actually all pretty on point i enjoyed the heck out of this movie's action tint really really enjoyed it if we go go back to you joshua did uh, your ears perk up when the movie started to be special effects sort of tinted and you got wires and acrobatics and stuff uh, was that a fun thing to coexist with the sex movie absolutely you know the movie kind of you know the just like we're talking about it takes you know nearly an hour to get into all the ghost stuff but you know you're slowly introduced to it which actually makes all of it work so everything kind of feels like it's cohesive instead of just being like okay first we're sex movie now now we're doing ghost stuff not out of the blue no right yeah just it's a slow build and then finally the movie goes you know kind of chaotic during the last bit was that ever compelling to you in in general uh, this the, the type of special effects that Hong Kong did and uh, how they combined it with wires and acrobatics because it is really it's dated special effects but uh, it is what they did like uh, is that still compelling to you in 2018 to see how they superimpose like blue lighting and things like that yeah I mean I, I really like the bit in the movie where uh, the madam she, she has a giant green light shining on her and then just all of a sudden it cuts off like, I, I, I don't know, I, I do generally like all that stuff. It's kind of got a, I don't know, a quaint vibe to it. Charming, very charming. Yeah, so there you go. I, I really thought that the movie only had that in its toolbox, but it turns out that they're going further than that. I mean, uh, it, it's a big spoiler, of course, but, they're, you know, she, uh, she she gets this thing wrapped around her uh, during the end fight, and they get superimposed effects on that, and then they blow her up! You know, kaboom! <laughs> and that, that stuff is... Just um, it needs to be cohesive as edited and staged to make you just go whoa. And I've it seen does. wilder Hong Kong cinema, and but it did this kind of is up there. I really, really thought they 
they worked well with the action team and Lam Ye Hung obviously handed over these these scenes uh, to uh, to the stunt team and all of that. But it really works, and you wouldn't blame people for not uh, you know putting forth a lot of effort because it, it's not a big movie. And Category Three was occupied with selling itself as Category Three and not Chinese Ghost Story. Uh, but you gotta admire it for that. So let's throw it to King Hu. Any spontaneous thoughts on when the movie? hits this point like were you looking forward to it because you remember ah we got special effects looming and things like that i actually forgot this uh the the ending toward the end so i was very surprised it was super energetic i love it i love the laser beams i love those synth sounds when the laser beams get shot out i love wire work uh this is my favorite era of hong kong cinema this movie um especially this part was done so well for such a low budget like i said uh even you you mentioned earlier that he stretches his dollar and this is the proof to, to be fair, that is still your quote. So I'm, I'm, I'm okay, here. so... <laughs> but really, he stretches his dollar, and this is this is the proof. The, the, the laser beams, the, the wire work, the fighting, it's uh, it's excellent. Excellent. And you got, like, Sammo Hung uh, royalty coming in here because uh, Chung yeah. Fat of uh, Spooky Encounters, but he was obviously around Sammo's team. He appears as uh, Charlie Cho's uh, Sifu. And uh, I don't know if he was injured or not at this point, because I know sometime in his career he was injured to the point he couldn't participate as much physically and acrobatically and all of that. But he was still an actor, and he's a pretty good actor, actually. Um, You know, if you remember Spooky Encounters, he's the the good wizard, but he's quite uh, quirky and fun. And looks really comfortable, and that's way back in the 80s. So and he's, done his, he's done his fair share of Category 3 t- uh, films as well. For some reason, I can't remember any, but I know he's uh, <laughs> he, he's not above uh, that thing. So uh, so, so he's fun, and he's, uh, if he ever you know, employed a stunt double on this one, they, they all do the job, and it looks seamless and fun. And I would love to think that Lam Ye Hung was a director that uh, you know could speak to his tech crew very well in terms of what I want, and could uh, engage and... Um, motivate the tech crew despite this being on the lower sort of end of uh, or scale of budgets you don't get automatic effort like this I, I, we've seen so many hong kong efforts even that featured stars and that means you gotta pay stars a little bit more and it still is flat action wise you know you could sort of sense when they didn't have time or weren't into it but this movie people were into it and i would love to believe that lam yi hung was a motivator who wasn't just concerned with uh, plotting his next artsy fartsy sex scene or anything but rather like i believe in you guys and uh this is my vision but i really want this on the screen and i believe in you guys and it, it ends on, on a high note really and it's below 90 minutes so who could complain when you get so much tna as uh, king who said and uh, charlie has a a, a classic uh, inv- involuntary blowjob See uh. if you like, and uh, the faces uh, would rival any uh sli- sliced alone imitator you know what I mean? Because he, <laughs> he, his face goes very crooked because he doesn't want that blowjob at all because it's uh, it's dangerous, man. So he gets to do uh, at least one sex scene here, but uh, it's not for pleasure this time around. I once did a gif of the, those old faces that he did. I couldn't find it. I was in a, I was in the Senate, but I couldn't find it. It's easy <laughs> enough to do again, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's like an easy web tool for this, so you, you, you can have some fun. Oh my God, I'll have to do it. Like uh, hide under the covers and um, and uh, with your laptop and do do your dirty gifs <laughs> while no one's watching. When I, when I was rewatching this film, let me set the scene. I was on one. I was on the love seat. My wife was on the couch, and my daughter was on the couch with her. No. Or us. My daughter. Yeah, well, I was watching it. Of course, I had my my headphones on. But this is how we get. <laughs> that doesn't matter. They can't see it. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we do it. Don't call the authorities. <laughs> <laughs> 
We have video proof that she is all right. <laughs> that, that, that's the end of my notes. It's a good time. I, for a while, I was thinking like, it's got to break out a little bit more. I want a little bit more than just Tim and TNA, which is okay. But I want something more. It's the ghost movie. And I want, because I didn't remember it was this energetic. And I got it and I was really satisfied. And you, you wisely said that it really does what it's supposed to do. And not everybody does it, what they're supposed to do well. And and this does pretty well. I mean, when we think back on the other side of dolls, not a whole lot of memories other than it's a solid film and it looks great. Right. There was a lot more play with cinematography and uh, colors and uh, you know and crazy stuff like lots of farty, yeah, yeah, and crazy stuff like Bat Show, the the, the Batman sex scene, yeah, exactly, which shows that Lam Yi Hung was um, he enjoyed his comedic uh, detours as well, you know, into fantasy, so it's all good. Any other notes, lads? We have the availability. If I remember our chat correctly, you have some notes in terms of availability as well. So I'll ask first, do you have any other notes on the movie you want to share? I do. <laughs> I do. I found something, Ken. <laughs> well, you know, we, we talked about everything except probably the... What, <laughs> yeah! The, four, the foursome. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I'm going to talk about. Go for it. Break it down. I was I was waiting for Ken to get to it, and I was like, "Oh man, how, no, how I'm I'm too shy about these things." <laughs> <laughs> so so go for it. Break it down. What do you want to say about the foursome? So, Madam, who uh, is apparently, if she has ten orgasms, she becomes human again. Is that correct? Yeah, something like that. Or at least she's uh, she's one orgasm away from being human again. I don't know if they ever said ten, but you're probably. Right. I think it's ten because she takes. Yeah, and she yeah. broke she broke one of her uh, what do you call it? Yeah, little sticks that shut. Anyway, so she uh, in order to you know try to get this next one, she uh, after the first guy who was supposed to kill her, but she killed him. She invites three dudes back to the house to uh, you know pleasure her or whatever. So what we get is one of the most awkward foursomes ever <laughs> recorded on film and this to me this put the movie up on a shelf higher than many others you know which is better than being put back on the shelf because this is unacceptable right. so. <laughs> <laughs> so with three guys one girl there's not a, you know there, there's not a lot of wiggle room you know there, there's only so many things that can be done for everybody to go at once so i'm making i'm making notes uh, as, as you speak just just for reference sake. But, you know, the most common you would think would be two guys on the backside, one in the front, right? You know, as you would. So, but these guys fuck it up. These guys fuck everything up. So you got one guy in doggy style position and the other guy is underneath, you know, you think they're going to go for like a DP thing. But yeah. this fucking idiot <laughs> he has his head under the the doggy style guy's ass <laughs> it was and, so close the movie felt so uncomfortable <laughs> so he's staring at this guy's ass while licking the girl's inner thigh I love it. his penis is doing i have no idea but it's you know not being sweat coming down yeah. typical steve he always messes it up for us why did you have to bring him well, you know, I don't know. I don't know who's. I don't know who's worse, him or the other guy who is over there just like licking the girl's thigh. 
Hey, hey, in category three movies, that's orgasmic. If we if we learned anything from category three movies, a little lick of the boob, a little lick of the thigh is just orgasmic beyond belief. Feeling comfortable. She's, <laughs> I just, you know, when it happened, I was like, oh, this is gonna be this is gonna be interesting. How are they gonna show this? And then, and I was just like, okay, this. is... Wow, these guys. Maybe are Mr. Idiots. Autistic Director uh, made a point of these guys being idiotic. So I'm, I'm gonna do an idiotic sexy, you know. I don't think that was it. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think, uh, King Who? Well, um, the guy that was like kind of uh, like I think Ken called him Steve. Who brought Steve? Let's just call uh, him that. I mean, there's a man <laughs> in the movie, so why not call him Steve? So. The guy who was just like the the third man out, the odd the odd yeah. wheel. When the, the two other servant girls, they were peeping at them and started getting it on. It was really weird because one girl was riding the other girl's shin bone. It was, a really, it was really odd. So that other guy, I think the other guy was in um, Julie Lee's Trilogy of Lust, if I'm not mistaken. So Guac Chu. He goes to the the two girls partying on, on, on the shin bone, which is really smart because he wasn't getting anywhere with the uh, the foursome. So he goes for the for the menage, which is great. But then, like, one girl starts licking his kneecap. <laughs> what, what goes on? Maybe, maybe, <laughs> Lam, maybe Lam Yehung left the set and there's, someone picked up the mantle. Because, uh, they, I mean, g- g- granted, it's funny. So it's not like it turned terribly boring and was uh, shot oh, poorly. No. Give no. me kneecap. I need more fucking kneecap. Really it's like that director in Gates of Hell, yeah, the actual uh, uh, character of the director, yes, like uh, yeah, that, yeah, that, exactly. that shooting the limo yeah, yeah. and lesbo yeah, sex yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, wow. I, I did remember it, but uh, and I registered it, but I, I, I simply didn't make any notes because, uh, I don't know, it was more subconscious. But I do remember it. I don't think that guy's positioned as he should, but <laughs> I, I, I guess we got an agreement going on here, so that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> It was great. <laughs> oh boy, uh, King Hoop, Any other note you want to share with the audience? I just want to mention that that's uh, Sue Yum Yum plays a mama son in the film. Yes, sir. And there's another link between this film and the film we're going to go uh, do later on. Other than Charlie Cho, one of the patrons of the brothel is Lung Ka Chi, and he plays Stuart Ong's dad in Unforgettable Holiday. Yeah, so. oh, yeah, all right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sue Yum Yum. She was in uh, Confession of a Concubine and Bulgaria, Joshua. So, and she, so she's come back to do her career has had legs. You know what I mean? Like she was not uh, slotted into category three for eternity, and she's now an award-winning actress. So I was like, like, and she, and she goes wherever, wherever she feels like. Like she's, she, she has no really filter. You know what I mean? She's still very active, very active, and very well used by Pang Ho Chung. I mean, in Bulgaria, she plays herself. She's the star of the movie that uh, Ronald Cheng's character wants to remake but he wants her and she says like i can't do it i'm old man so that's why they do the blue screen uh attempt uh in bulgaria like uh, pu- putting the, the young actress in a blue screen suit and all matter of f- f- fun stuff happens so but they're now award-winning actress man so I'm, I'm really glad to see her career is um, ongoing and uh, and then some as for availability, unless there was a DVD on the Taiwanese market or whatever, I, I don't think Lu Jai, Home for the infam- Intimate Ghost, Infamous Ghosts, but Intimate Ghosts, uh, got a further release outside of the Winson Hong Kong Laserdisc that otherwise ticked all the boxes in terms of clear subtitles, it was letterbox. So yeah, Merry Christmas, you can't get it. Or can you? Because you, you guys, you perused the internet. You know your way around the yeah. internet. You found this movie on, uh, not legit, but services uh, in in full, presumably. So 
uh, was it you, Joshua, that ma- made a find on the uh, on the dark web? I was about to say, but on the porn web, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, you, you go searching and things pop up. Yeah, I think both uh, King Who and I discovered this that uh, certain websites. It's not it's not Netflix, and it's <laughs> and it's not uh, Hulu, but uh, I believe uh, X Videos. <laughs> As uh, I saw Pornhub. Pornhub, really? <laughs> does it turn up as Liu Jai Home for the Intimate Ghost, or is it like Chinese fuck movie, fool? <laughs> it was called Chinese fuck. You're right. You've seen it, Ken. <laughs> you see, you serve Pornhub too. It's okay. No, I'm sure every listener out there serves Pornhub. It's a good site. It's a it's a solid site. I serve European Pornhub. It's much closer. No. <laughs> Swedish Pornhub. No. How is it labeled? Is it labeled under Luchai or how did you find it? I found it from searching Luchai. Uh, I think it actually had the full uh, film title. But my favorite that I saw it linked was, uh, I think it was myfreeblack.com. Whoa. What? What site are you searching? <laughs> it, was, it was on a Google search. So... <laughs> Unfortunately, a lot of people are going to be disappointed. No, uh, no African Americans in the entire film. Well, it, it it is out there. If you can't find a laserdisc, then there are options out there. Because if it's not out there, if you can't find it, then you know, no biggie, biggie, and it's fine. And uh, hopefully, the movie isn't interrupted by too many, too many like uh, pop ups or whatever porn pop ups. You can watch the movie calmly in, on your. Those sites have a lot of uh, category three, category three movies on them. Actually, if you, if you look. And I know you, you'll you'll look. I know you'll look. No, I'm gonna because if they're out there and because YouTube blocks that shit. So you know, if I can't find something and it's streaming in full and is not pixelated to death, then heck, oh, it's, heck it's yeah. pixelated shit. It's uh, it's it's poor. It's like a poor VCD quality. Yeah. Oh, but it's there. It's there. We watched Mindfuck several times. We have no standard standards. <laughs> me and Joshua. <laughs> well, there it is. Um, have fun searching, uh, searching Google Kids, and uh, Merry Christmas. <laughs> so there it is. We're gonna take a mu- we're gonna take another musical break, and then we're gonna go on holiday with Stuart Ong and Charlie Cho from 1992, uh, the year after they went on a boat and went to mainland China and uh, did some smoking and fucking, and that's uh, what we're gonna talk about in unforgetful holiday. And uh, we'll be right back after this musical break. Welcome back and to close out 2018, uh, we got a review of Unforgetful Holiday. Not a Christmas movie, it's got holiday in it, so that's uh, all we need. And all we need is Charlie, of course, and uh, he is in it. And uh, plot from my review of the film, uh, trying to each score a contract for a ginseng product. Two companies caught a potential mainland investor, the character of Jung, played by Stuart Ong. Chance Company gets uh, two in first, uh, and uh, led by Charlie, played by Charlie Cho, naturally. Jung gets a makeover and is taken on a variety of nightly adventures in Hong Kong, often involving sex. But when Charlie crashes, uh, crashes a boat carrying Jung and three girls, Chen Wing Chi, Reina Murakami, and Go 
git they are forced to live the country life for a while they're actually in mainland china and all while the contract war continues on land between the companies so that's uh, that's my little plot for you uh, as for short opinions let's go around the room again joshua first time viewer of unforgettable holiday what did you think of charlie joe and their uh, friends and their their adventures it was unforgettable yeah <laughs> 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 uh, it was great actually um kind of the prototypical this you know this is what you expect of charlie this is his role this is you know the type of movie that you know when you're trying to define what charlie is you know here it is it's like uh, just a whole lot of fooling good good we'll we'll keep it at that for now put a pin in it for now uh king hope i could argue that uh, or rather guess that yeah I'll, I'll 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 watch this movie yearly at the very least because uh there are some lingering memories of it uh, but that's just my spontaneous take so what did you think in short of unforgettable holiday is it unforgettable uh it's very unforgettable i have seen it before um i always i'm always up for a uh, good charlie and Stuart ong uh movie because when they get together they just go around and smash pussy and it's great. <laughs> Never disappointing. One Never disappointing. more timid than the other in, in this case. Uh, Stuart Ong isn't um, isn't being the animal that he sometimes uh, sometimes. No, is. not at all. Not at all. Yeah, another departure. And it it is, I have to say, a rather pleasant category free movie, as it turns out. Uh, but but yeah, it is by the book, and it has plenty of excuses for category free stuff that it's not shame. It, it, you know. It has no shame about that, but it has an uh, and that that is not a bad thing at all. And it has an energetic, always talking, always noisy Charlie Joe here, and he's in his element. It's got beautiful ladies, adequate direction, adequate cinematography, and it's simple and fun. You know, showing. I could argue if 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 you got viewers on board with like Sex and Sin and the crazy category free stuff. You know, try out the movie like Unforgettable Holiday, which is more plain, modern, but it's a, it's a softcore porn movie with, uh, you know, engaged performers. Then this could be an introduction of sorts. You know, if you have two, three, four category three movies in and your friend is still, or your uh, significant other is still on board, then heck, heck, show this. So it's not as desperate as uh, to belong to the scene as some movies are. And, uh, Inside it, there's also classic structure, romantic comedy structure, really, if you break it down. Um, it does all of that fairly confidently, and it's fun and quotable. And it's directed by Sherman Wong, who is kind of a real director. <laughs> He's not one of these like one-time Category 3 directors. Uh, he came up as an action director, and he hovered around uh, the Wong Jing camp as both uh, action director and also assistant director on a plentiful movies in the 80s and 90s he directed queen of underworld with amy yip for wong jing and then that's really i mean you you would think that's a response to to be number one the ray famous ray loy movie that's a you know a a godfather-esque movie or whatever award-winning but it is i remember queen of underworld king hill being violent and vile and sleazy and just crass maybe yet not category free. It really pushed uh, pushed the limits, and, and it was fun. It wasn't this stuffy gangster picture. If uh, or what do you what what do you remember of Queen of Underworld? No, just just what you said. Um, I have a little bit of an anecdote uh, in Please. regards to Sherman and Queen of Underworld. Um, this is a uh, King Who's name drop moment. So I was stalking a former actor on Facebook, as I usually do, because I'm an asshole, <laughs> and. I spoke with uh, the great Dennis Chan, who I'm Facebook friends with now, mm-hmm. and 
he's actor, writer, director. He was in Queen of Underworld. He played um, a school principal. And uh, as we know, Wang Jing at his Henna's stable, they usually do like a director by committee type approach. Wang Jing directs a little bit. Action director directs a little bit. Uh, assistant director directs a little bit. Executive director directs a little bit. So what... I, I even remember, uh, pardon me for interrupting you because uh, oh. I can't. Uh, I believe Clarence Falk directed The Naked Killer. He said that Dennis Chan was on Naked Killer. Dennis Chan was the one who directed the infamous uh, penis eating scene co- comedy scene in naked killer exactly. so uh, dennis stepped in there for a little while i i, I could have swear that, that, that that's wong jing uh, making his presence felt as director nope that was dennis chan doing that uh, infamous uh, cock eating scene in naked killer that's that's the truth uh because uh dennis told me that he directed all the sex scenes in queen of underworld and it wasn't sherman oh wow uh, yeah what about what a terrible gig to have <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And yet it feels like it's a sort of unified picture. You know what I mean? It doesn't feel like, oh, here's a, a strange sort of change of tack and uh, vibe. Is, is, there, is there a second director on board? You know? Uh, but it, it really feels like, um, uh, like that. And he also directed, by the way, um, regardless if he did the sex scenes or not, but uh, Sherman did a movie called Sex and the Emperor, which is a pretty vicious imperial palace, nasty, naughty movie at the same time because it's a, it's a Wong Jing production. I don't know if you remember Sex and the Emperor, King Who, but it's brutal and graphic and just uh, pe- pe- it's puke-inducing in some scenes, literally. A <laughs> person cuts off her entire face in that one. Right. Face off. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of reminiscent of a Confession of a Concubine. I think it was almost kind of some similar nastiness, some of the scenes. A little bit, yeah. But yeah. but it really came off as uh, it's done by a director who can put together a movie and and then some and not this uh, sort of uh, inexperienced one. So I it's an early sort of nineties um, streak for Sherman Wong and um, and he got credit for it all obviously. So um, we we got to compliment him actually for the entire picture and not just uh, the in between stuff. Uh, I, I did interrupt your anecdote. Do you, do you have any other asshole anecdotes you want to share before we go? End of anecdote done finished. Boom, mic drop. Uh, Dennis seems like a, a friendly man based on little replies I see here and there. Obviously, uh, writes uh, in, in English and probably speaks English uh, very well. I, I might try and like, hit him up on Facebook to pursue him for an, for an interview. You know, I'm not saying that, oh, it's the mighty Sleazy K. Um, I must be interviewed I'm sure by him. I'll do it. He's, he's very, very nice, very congenial. Maybe next year I'll have some more stalker stories for you. Please, please, it's the it's the Christmas present uh, to a podcast. <laughs> uh, because I believe you you befriended uh, uh, women on Facebook, uh, and you've uh, you have their like Playboy and Penthouse covers, and I well, just pray know, yeah. to God that you don't hit them up privately. Hey, I got something that you are on. <laughs> things happen. Man. Things happen. Can't help it. <laughs> yeah. So we we got Charlie in a familiar setting. And in familiar clothing, he's, he's got his business attire on and he's in an office. So can I have an M-I-L-K-A? Milka. Milka. No, you can't. She's not in this movie. Damn it. But what we do get is something that just uh, screams Charlie's in his element, but he's not on autopilot. And that is the smarmy confident Charlie and he's there to schmooze his clients and his boss says that you are sex crazed and yes I am 
you know, put, putting his hands on his hips. And he's not, he doesn't do that, but he probably would. And I really like when he's in his element. He seems so comfortable. And if he was an actor that just did it for the money, but sort of feared that he was going to be a ty- typecast, you would have sensed that in movies. But this is a good example of a movie where he just goes for it and has genuine fun. You know, he's not he's not a terrible like dark Charlie or anything. It's not the hidden desire Charlie or Midnight Charlie here. But he's genuinely just having fun, schmooze, uh, you know, taking on the role of someone who needs to schmooze, schmooze his client. And he does so with gusto. I mean, he brings out the cheerleaders with the, with the jiggles and all of that. You know, he brings out the jiggling while uh, to greet their mainland investor. And he's beside the squad as well, sort of participating. And he has so much fun being there. And I can't tell you how much that, in this case, delighted me to see he's committed and he knows his role and he knows his presence very well. It's an acting performance, so he needs to sell that this character is good at what he does. He can set up stuff, you know. And uh, that, that, that just made me happy. So, so many Charlie movies in, Joshua, and watching this one. Could, could you sense that he's on here and he... He knows his role in the industry, even if it's for adults. So, you know, could, could you sense a comfort in Charlie here? And does that translate to mighty fun? You pick up the energy, you know. Mm. Charlie's full of it here. You know, he he's truly enjoys uh, kind of being the fool, you know, being this sex crazed maniac. He knows how to do the part. And uh, you can tell he's just having fun with it. As are m- many people in the cast, you know. Ever thought he was charming in this role? Genuinely, or do you think characters in the movies tolerate this kind of character? Well, you know, charm. It's a relative you know, term. <laughs> it's hard to say that this guy could charm his way into a girl's pants, you know. But still, somehow, you know, his his version of charm is similar to what Stuart Ong does later in like in the movie, where a girl like takes a grape and she puts it in her shirt. And she's like, oh, you'd better get it. And he just goes in there groping and looking all disgusting and gross as he does it. But that that's the kind of charm, the levels of charm we're dealing with here, you know. It's not its not pretty to mainstream society, but it, it is. It's Charlie. You know, you know, as a character, they have written him as someone who can disarm people at the very, le- at the very least that are in the same business. So because they, they tolerate him because he's a mover and shaker. Uh, but maybe in real life he wouldn't have as much luck in terms of convincing clients or whatever. But uh, it really made me think <laughs> this time around, like, what is Charlie? <laughs> How does Charlie... The essence of Charlie. Does Charlie... Cho? Ooh. Does Cho... Charlie? <laughs> you know, I was going, to, going around in my mind. Uh, but, uh, you know, did, did you ever think about that, uh, King Hui? Like, is he genuinely both, uh, you know, charming and as a performer, do, do you feel as com- confident at what he does by this point in 1992 that he can turn it on and it's actually entertaining and good rather than automatic and sort of like oh, depressing, by de- depressing and default kind of thing? Or what do you think? I think it's entertaining and good, but I also think it's automatic, and that's that's okay. This is like Charlie and his element, you know. Mm-hmm. And like Josh said, he brings so much energy and uh, and just effervescence to the role. He's always happy. He's a little bit smarmy, but I mean, <laughs> this is him and his element. It's almost like a like a tour de force performance for him, you know. He he does everything in this movie. If 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 you watch, he sings dirty karaoke with like such gusto, 
He's fucking scuba diving at one point. I don't know how that made it into the movie. <laughs> he's showing his ass. He's banging girls on a boat. He bangs them on a child's playground swing. He comes a fucking tree in the movie. He's all over the place in this movie. And I, I think. And he's the captain of the boat as well for some reason. Like he's the captain. He's the fucking skipper of the boat. <laughs> and I think there was actual penetration. I think he was penetrating these girls. Really? Oh my! Oh my God! <laughs> I think he was. Look closely, rewind it. I think his okay, penis went into the vagina. Stop the podcast now. Like, rewind. <laughs> yep, totally true. Totally true. Did it. <laughs> there, was, there was no Merkins. There was no cock socks. Things were happening. In what scene? In the swing scene or when uh, before they crashed the boat? In every single scene. <laughs> <laughs> every single scene. I Watch think he impregnated the girls too. Watch it again. <laughs> oh my god that puts a spin on the unforgettable uh, unforgetfulness of it all <laughs> but you know what those as a movie it feels a little bit more snappier and confident than most of the low rent category free movie and uh, because it, it moves at a good pace and uh, when charlie's on you can sense the energy of the movie is there the movie is not bored at being a category free movie or anything it uh, is absolutely absolutely perfectly fine with that and uh, then starts the montage uh, well, the mix of montage and a few scenes of uh, Charlie taking Stuart uh, who's more timid and more shy as a mainlander and then comes out of his shell and he's a bit more confident he's not this uh, you know sexual maniac by the end he's just more uh, confident as a man which is sort of a sweet uh, development to be honest but uh, he is not confident at uh, all the sights that Charlie presents uh, before him, uh, but uh, he, he certainly, Charlie knows how, how to set up a good adults-only time because they're in this restaurant. I think they say it's a Korean restaurant or they eat Korean food, but they have obviously naked uh, ladies uh, with them that uh, either serves the food or are just there to be naked with them and be groped by them, and that's what happens. And uh, to be honest, it's not a commentary or anything, but obviously, this is what goes on in uh, in company warfare. You know, as you uh, schmoosh your <laughs> schmoosh your clients and you bring them to clubs and bring them for prostitutes and what have you. And uh, I, I gotta say, I really liked when Charlie and Stuart are just walking the streets and uh, hitting uh, hitting clubs upon clubs upon clubs. But the thing is, they only shoot like entrances of probably real life clubs because they couldn't go in. So right. they they only like they, they go up one step and then come out. Boy, we had a good time. <laughs> I noticed that that there, 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 there's no sense of permits being granted here, you know what I mean? Um, and and then they uh, walk the streets. It's the real Hong Kong streets. Uh, a vibe that. Chai, I think. What's that? I think it was in Wan Chai. That's where all the clubs are. The the, the good clubs, anyway. So it's really recognizable in that regard. I, I haven't yeah. been, so I don't know. You would know, apparently. Like all the clubs are there. <laughs> right <laughs> all, the, there. All, the, all the particular clubs are there. Well, there are names there uh, outside of them, even though they might not exist anymore. So it's like, huh, did that exist in 1992? Typey, typey, typey. Yes, it did. Oh, and this movie is on Pornhub as well. <laughs> you can find that in the same search. Um, so I, I really I really like that Hong Kong vibe and uh, how they just get this movie going, man. It's a, it, it, it doesn't want to do much of anything other than uh, portray craft a silly light-hearted fast-moving category free movie but it does have a plot that's the thing and the unexpected aspect of it is the fact that the girls that they hire the hostess girls they actually do play a part so we get to know these characters a little bit more and by but by the time they crash the boat it's not a job anymore and 
I, on a serious note, I actually enjoy that they stripped them of what they are in, what they're like and what their profession are in the city. And when they're on the boat and uh, on the island, all of that goes away and they bond a little bit as people. Mind you, they still fuck a lot, but they bond a little bit as people. And that structure, I thought this stood out a little bit more. So um, anything you want to say about that, Joshua, or any other note in terms of how when the movie gets going onto the boat and onto the island? Yeah, I do think that it adds something to it, makes it a little bit more than just like a little fuck fest, you know? I do think that the little human touches kind of elevate things slightly. But even, even if it was just the crazy sex and the cra- like crazy Charlie, that would be fun enough. But by doing that, kind of makes it a little less forgetful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a little unforgetful, one might say. <laughs> well, I think you can write the structure on the back of a, of a cocktail napkin, but there is structure to this movie. <laughs> An unforgetful structure, indeed. Uh, what about you, King? It's like the, cl- clearly this is more plotted than some of the at least low rent category free movies, even if those low rent ones are enjoyable. Oh, sure. I mean, the the plotting it was very breezy. Um, like I said, there's just Stuart and, and uh, Charlie walking around, pretty pretty much getting into some sex games. The category three actresses were fine: Chen Wing Chi, Rina Murakami, Guget. It was it was fine. It was uh, it was a good setup for the boat ride, and then what becomes of that three-hour tour. It's like a Gilligan's Island, but with fucking. And and it, it seems like one more plot element than most, as like one additional one, uh, right. than most of these movies uh, contain. Uh, I, I sort of enjoyed both halves of this, the, you know, the, the city set half and the island set half. So m- maybe that's why you brought in a director like Sherman Wong, who was used to making, you know, movies uh, outside of the rating and not just sex movies, obviously. And I, I kind of think that shows up a little bit that uh, the movie is uh, put together adequately, more more than adequately, and it's shot nice too. And uh, uh, and and the ladies do look uh, great. Uh, Chan Wing Chi is, is of course our lead from False Lady, the Hong Kong remake of Switch, and a variety of uh, movies where she does not appear as glamorous as this, because you, you you can sense in movies like Erotic Journey that there's no one here like guiding her to do this stuff but then you have another piece of romance that we did last year where she's part of this wild movie she's the one that uh, the black magic uh, guy does his thing on and he uses her for a ceremony but she's present there and she's comfortable there so and it shows up here too because uh, all of them look great including her and uh, some highlights by the way from uh, from the boat i don't know what the heck was going on um i think when charlie interrupts the karaoke he, or, or maybe it's the song that the ladies sing before or when he comes in. I don't know. But apparently the lyrics go, who wants to be touched by others unwillingly? <laughs> and that's a song. So, so you wonder, did Charlie program the Laserdisc that they put into the karaoke player? <laughs> it's like, who wants to be touched by others unwillingly? Oh, 1992. Yeah. There was no hashtag. Uh, hashtag me too. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie too. <laughs> <laughs> but but you know he's never off. That's the thing because he he always sees an opportunity to go into hey 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 what's going on in this room? What can I do? What can I do? Because his motivation is uh, you know his job. So obviously like I got to be entertaining all the time. So he hogs the karaoke and then he does the 
uh, the dirty joke that he tells, which is apparently so dirty that the Category 3 rating couldn't withstand it because you'd get some ear-piercingly loud uh, audio censoring on this one, which happened, but this was loud, man. Really loud. And this is coming from a noisecore fan. Like, I'm bleeding out of my ear, so... Yeah, but they always subtitle it, though, or at least attempt to subtitle it, so it's not like they blur out words in the uh, in the subtitles, so... Any other highlights on the boat? Uh, anyone want to say anything about the rare sight of um, of uh, pot smoking in a Hong Kong movie? It's, it's one of maybe five movies that includes uh, some ganja. Very interesting, yeah. Charlie smoking dope. <laughs> what, what else is there to say? Are you surprised? <laughs> no, it's uh, something that definitely probably wouldn't fly over in uh, China these days. They fucking... Don't tolerate that shit. I can't think of many movies, King Hu, where this pops up because it. I, I don't think it's never. Either it's not a very big thing in Hong Kong, and they just rely on you know drinking beer or whatever, and uh, brandy. But uh, I can only think of was it Rape by an Angel one? They uh, smoked a little pot, and then Kingdom Yun tells her like uh, ice uh, cock sucking joke or whatever. Like they 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 have a little good. That's that's possible. That sounds familiar. Yeah. Yeah. I know that's what Kingdom Yun is like she uh, did in that movie she described like oh her mighty blowjob uh, me- method it leads to both sex of course which is uh, which, it, it's no it's no, it leads to both sex because they, it's aphrodisiac both sex, both sex. <laughs> I think that was a Jimmy Buffett song both sex <laughs> <laughs> and munchies <laughs> you really get some munchies too. Some it's aphrodisiac, all right. I mean, he he had the movie obviously isn't trying to be autistic or anything. Uh, artistic, did I say autistic? Artistic. Um, but st- structurally, I'm all good with, with it because it's 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 good fun. I mean, some couples continue to get to know each other throughout the movie and not fuck immediately. Other couples, they just fuck immediately and. Charlie does as well, and be- before the boat crash, obviously that's a moment I can't even describe uh, what causes the boat crash. It's funny though, but but I don't think I could put it in words that might sell the moment as such. So, did anyone make a note in terms of how Chairman Wong advances the Gilligan's Island plot of it all? <laughs> I was there. I was there for the TNA. Was, yeah, yeah, but they 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 they, they, they play around Boops. with the controls. Boobs. That's right. <laughs> they play around with the boat's controls and they they, they crash the boat. And when they do, Charlie um, enters uh, maybe places he shouldn't have because <laughs> there's a hey now <laughs> deeper than he should, uh, deeper than expected. So. Uh, is there any fun there, Joshua? When when they set when they settle on the island, like uh, is the movie progressing in a natural way, uh, and was it enjoyable to have it? Oh my God! It goes from the city, from the boat, and now they're on an island. Uh, was that structure still still doing it for you? Yeah, yeah. You know, there's some comedy jokes in there. There's <laughs> the comedy uh, bits, and then then it starts to move into the you know a little bit more about the love affair and stuff like that. And it all kind of services the end you know the end product of making something a little bit stronger than just a filthy sex comedy was that um you think mean-spirited or all good fun that they made so many um uh, mainland chinese jokes in this section they meet uh, a farmer that's uh, there that's uh, a loyal comrade or whatever so well those horrible mainlanders deserve it am i right fellas Crickets. 
Uh, well, you know, it just it comes with the the what is the what is the saying I'm trying to say here? Just it's expected, you know. What about you, King? Was that uh, like a fun section for you that they make shameless jokes about mainlanders? Uh, and I mean, I, I don't know what the joke is it, it, necessarily. Is that they're they're just uh, country bumpkins who have no running that's water? Exactly. Okay. Yeah, that's exactly it. I mean. Those jokes, especially in this this time period, 91, 92, 93, the lead up to uh, the handover, all that nonsense, they always made uh, those fish-out-of-water jokes, uh, the country bumpkin uh, jokes about mainlanders. It was fine. I, it was, it's expected. And uh, mm. I, I do like Mang Dingo, who played the country bumpkin, the island guy. He's he's actually called that, yes. Man Dingo. Yeah, yeah. He's the island guy. <laughs> he's great. Um, uh, the island part was a little bit of a part. It was all right. Uh, there was about like, there's like 20 minutes of just straight on like nonstop banging, which is always welcome. The only thing I had a problem with was it was like uh, the copy I saw was just too dark. I wanted to see the TNA. I couldn't see the TNA. Yeah, and that was an issue with me. It was just it was too dark. Criterion, have you done your 4K scan yet? Good, thank you. We're putting this out exactly without commentary. Thanks. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's uh, it, you know even with the best transfer that's out there, which is Laserdisc, uh, it's uh, the cinematography is a tad, tad too dark. But they, they, I, I did enjoy that Chan Wing Chi and Stuart Ong, you know, get to adhere to a bit more of a romantic drama comedy yeah, structure because they, it, was, it was odd. Well, yeah, exactly because they, it shows a category three movie um, is patient in a way and wants to appear as a real movie and have as natural of a romance as you can have in a movie by having the characters get to know each other they, I, I genuinely enjoyed that they, there I wasn't a well, okay thanks uh, <laughs> but I did that there wasn't a there, there wasn't an aura of like oh these girls are just hostess girls uh, but now they're genuinely talking to each other and uh, Stuart and Chan Wing Chi they, they have some nice scenes in terms of that they get sex scenes together of course Yeah. but they have some nice scenes where they where they, where they sit and talk and that's um, something I did you know you can sense a a performer comfort is my point and uh, as someone who likes acting I, I kind of attach to that but uh, of course uh, Sherman Wong or Dennis Chan whoever or Michael Chan whoever directed <laughs> the sex yeah. like this one they uh, they don't forget that and uh, and and shit even women ogle at uh, at men here in this movie you know uh, the women ogle at the muscle man and I was just waiting for that song that you hear sometimes in movies uh, it has this uh, drum beat underneath it oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. insert that if you will so I mean you can't really say anything more about it i think yeah it it's an enjoyable stretch and obviously when they get off the island there, there's an issue of will some people stay connected or won't they stay connected and that's what i mean by it has a little bit of romantic comedy drama structure and because we get so much of the tna too it's not like sherman has forgotten what kind of movies making but he's made it with performance that clearly enjoy being there and they engage in decently enough shots and directed sex scenes and uh, w- without the movie going too artistic on us it's it's plain looking but professional enough and goes by like that you know there's no huge obligation for the viewer just because it tries out some new 
some new, slightly new stuff for a category three movie. You know, it's easy enough to to watch, and that's what I mean. But I think it's it's a decent enough also introductory movie if you want to watch uh, Charlie Childers being because he never shuts the fuck up in a movie. You know, <laughs> you're never without Charlie. He's always there. Like hey hey. There it is. You might forget about the the company warfare plot or whatever. They they it's only it, that is unforgettable indeed. But they <laughs> they do tie it up. They they even have like a race against the clock kind of uh, kind of uh, scene towards the end. Like, will they make the board meeting? Won't they make the board meeting? Yeah. And it it, it makes it a movie. It's a real movie. <laughs> <laughs> I have no other notes. I enjoyed it. And I'm going to take uh, uh, revisit it to have my unforgettable holiday fix um, maybe next year again before Christmas. Who knows? Uh, let's throw over to Joshua. Any highlights you want to talk of? Any other notes on Charlie? Is this going to stay with, stay with you in your memory as a memorable Charlie Chill movie? Oh, sure. But there, it could have used another foursome. But uh, other than that, uh, it's... Uh, Kind of by the books procedural here, but uh, it was fun, no doubt. Hardly subtle the joke, by the way. I forgot to mention about how Stuart Ong uh, relates to his uh, fellow mainland comrade by singing like "London Bridge is Falling Down" to each other. Like the yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I don't think it was a clever, clever gag that couldn't be translated. I don't. I just think they wrote that hey let them sing nursery rhymes to each other because mainlanders are stupid <laughs> and that's what you get as king who said in 1991 1992 so there it is uh king who any highlights from the movie that you want to mention i like i mentioned you have to go back and watch because there was actual penetration <laughs> this actual charlie is penetrating these women go back and watch it pause it slow-mo it's happening how could they say no Yes, <laughs> you sound worried. He penetrated those <laughs> women, man. You, you know what Charlie did, right? Got him on a boat. You know what they say about the boat? Leads to an implication. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, Ken. Yep, yep, <laughs> sounds like you want to hurt these women. You're not getting it. <laughs> I don't think I am. Cause... <laughs> like, what is she gonna say? She's gonna say, "No, I'm out on a boat. I'm all alone." Like, yeah, it's just the implication, man. You're gonna hurt these women. (laughs) (laughs) And the thing is, it's back then in it's always sunny in Philadelphia lore. That was the mild version of Dennis's uh, psychotic behavior. Like it got worse. (laughs) Like the prom episode where he unpacks. Yes, uh, I was about to say that. I need my tools. (laughs) Gotta have my tools. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm I'm glad you both enjoyed this movie. And uh, let's see. Let's do the availability and check in if uh, these guys found this on Pornhub or X video or whatever. But as for availability, it, there, there's barely any. It was released without subtitles on Laserdisc in Hong Kong by Star, but we relied on a world video Laserdisc version with subtitles. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, King Hill, world video targeted the US market or were a US company and did have different versions. Uh, it was not like... They just re, you know, slapped their sticker on the Hong Kong version. So sometimes you literally got uh, right. the the subtitle version was the world video version in the case of some movies. So, or what is your experience collecting world video LDs? Just what you said, exactly what you said. Uh, it's not on DVD as far as I can see. Therefore, so Merry Christmas. You can't get it. Or can you? Did you search out the porn sites, lads? Didn't for this one now. Sorry. I'm gonna do it right now. Type it, type it, type it. <laughs> 
That's, give me a few minutes, guys. Just go on, <laughs> go, just go on Alta Vista and see what you find. Yes, I said Alta Vista. Alta Vista. <laughs> I've, I've, I've been watching Parks and Recreation again, and one of the jokes is that everybody in Pawnee, they're, they're not using Google. Everybody's using Alta Vista. <laughs> <laughs> and anyway, while he does that, uh, final words, uh, let's stop the fucking for 2018. I wish you all genuinely a Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and uh, while this isn't a weekly show, despite the name, I, I try to make uh, the selections across the year mean something contextually. I mean, they're hopefully fun discussions of adult-themed and exploitation movies throughout the decades, because sometimes we talk of Shaw Brothers movies that uh, could be category-free today, despite being pre-the rating itself, but uh, they're part of that uh, Hong Kong cinema landscape that you can explore, and I'm very grateful, as I said before, that you guys are here to uh, help me elevate these discussions to the point where we do clinch the goal of uh, context and fun because these might be adult movies uh, crazy naughty movies uh, questionable movies but that's always my goal and i'm very thankful for you guys that you are on board with that so i wish you guys a merry christmas and a happy new year and a big 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 thank you for my uh my my black heart it's beating a little bit more a little bit more than usual because it's christmas otherwise it's a black heart so thank you (laughs) uh any parting words uh regardless if it's about this show or not thanks everybody for listening and have a merry christmas happy new year and we'll be back uh, in 2019. We already have an episode in the bag. Uh, we're featuring me, Joshua, and another guest. Uh, something unusual, but uh, not quite uh, not quite normal. Hmm. But maybe super normal. Super normal. Uh. And we got a quaint little coverage of uh, a particular type of movie that you don't see in, in Hong Kong um, that often. So that's your little tease for 2019. Uh, King Hoop, anything else you want to say? You're going to keep collecting these movies? Or you, you're mainly collecting posters and stills and stuff? Or do you still uh, look for LD lots and uh, add to your growing collection of tapes and VCD and Laserdisc and other obsolete media? Uh, right now, I'm on I'm on Pornhub, Ken. Um, I went down a rabbit hole. <laughs> I didn't hear anything <laughs> yeah, you said, Ken. Yeah, I don't think I'm coming back. So, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I, just, I pretty much mainly uh, try and find... Uh, movies on Laserdisc that I don't have, uh, VHS, even VCD I love. Um, but mainly um, posters and lobby cards. Uh, they're they're rare, they're expensive, so and I don't make that much money anymore now that I have children, so it's uh, kind of uh, <laughs> far between. Uh, but if I find them and I can afford them and my wife doesn't find out about it, I buy them. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why you have a job, uh, uh, a room in the basement. And I do have the posters for these two movies, so I'll post them when this goes up. Right on. Uh, the poster on HKMDB for Unforgetful Holiday is merely of Chan Wing Chi from like, it looks like a random modeling session, so Charlie isn't yeah. on there. And that might be a Taiwanese poster. I have a similar poster, uh, a little, I think, similar but different. Because it's not like they did a full group shot necessarily. Well, well there are stills yeah. on that poster I mentioned, uh, mainly of the ladies. But um, you, you got to get Charlie's in there on the swing. There's a still of him on the swing. So there's penetration that. on a swing. And the category free logo is oh, I didn't notice this. That's rather charming. Category free triangle is actually an island with a palm tree on top of it, and a free in the in the middle in in the island uh, in the island area. That's rather creative. Wow. Look at those guys. Art. 
five minutes of creativity that some some fools are enjoying in 2018 but damn it that made me happy <laughs> seeing that uh cool well thank you guys and uh, we're gonna wrap this show up uh for all for all your podcast on fire network needs including the back catalog of this week in sleaze uh, our entire run uh, dating back to 20 uh, 20 2008 or something like that 2009 check it out hope you like what's in the archive we are gonna one plan and I need to uh, uh, quiz uh, or check with uh, King Who on this. It's uh, actually to check out some more modern movies because I've heard good things without researching it of some of the late, latest Anthony Wong and Simon Yam movies. Anthony Wong did some category free stuff with Herman Yao, his bestie, that I think uh, got some good notices, like Sleep Curse or something like that. Or, or uh, Sleep Curse is not really. I mean, there's a very memorable scene in Sleep Curse. That's probably it. It's not really that good. And Simon did uh, one category free movie of some kind. I mean, uh, keeping track of Simon's filmography is, yeah. is, a, is an effort in itself. But uh, I, I do want to check out some that uh, seem on paper anyway. Hmm, some modern nastiness. Maybe, maybe not. So uh, um, they're usually easy enough to get through. But uh, so I have some mild plans in uh, terms of that. So I'll run that by you guys. But um, we'll, uh, we'll be back in 2019. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year from the This Week in Sleaze Crew. I've been Sleaze K. With me was the great Lord Joshua Regal, who is... Um, I'm, I'm grateful and to an extra degree, Joshua, because you did take time to appear here. Because uh, no one would blame you for being on full-on father duty so thank you to you thank you to your wife and uh we're very grateful that you took the time buddy oh thank you for having me as always uh because you're not on a set schedule anyways i'm I'm very tolerable obviously of uh if you can't appear and you know if i say i have a show ready well i can appear in eight weeks that's fine you know so (laughs) Uh, and again, King Hu, thank you for taking the time to uh, to appear as well, because uh, you're in the same boat, only with an older older kid, but still full on dad, man. So uh, thank you for taking the time. Thank you for having me. I love it. And uh, that's us. So I've been Slice K. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and we are out. So let's uh, stop the fucking. I've already said that. So let's stop it. Stop it. Go away. Bye. <laughs> Go away, we're gonna have some unforgettable uh, replay of uh, the sex scenes in Unforgettable Holiday. Yeah! Uh, yep, total penetration. <laughs> Joshua, you like to do uh, uh, like YouTube compilations of uh, some of the movies we of watch. Of course. Like uh, you, did your, you did the Gates of Hell, uh, Eat My Bomb uh, artistic uh, uh, montage. So uh, go back to Unforgettable Holiday and upload it to Pornhub. All the. <laughs> I can then do little pop-ups on screen, like like uh, MTV style, like boop, penetration. Oh, pop-up video. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Penetration, <laughs> like boop, penetration. <laughs>